0: Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balance.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, Tonight we are joined by Zach Voorhees. This is actually his second time on the show. We had him back on episode 125, I believe. uh, And we got into some really great stuff. This time it's gonna be even better, so much so that we're not even putting this on YouTube. too hot to handle. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this there's obviously no shortage of things to talk about right now when it comes to big tech and uh, the information war and all the censorship going on. Uh, even stuff going on with COVID and these vaccines, all the above, it's all related. It's all ties into one big agenda. So we're gonna dive into that tonight and uh can't wait to see what you have for us, Zach. How's it going?
2: It's going great. I got a brand new book out. Uh it's called Google Leaks. Um And uh, it's about uh, me blowing the whistle and also what I found, how I found it, and sort of goes into the details that you really can't get out there in the open with these podcasts um, and talks about sort of the horror I found in the blacklist of YouTube, um, how I was a survivor of a mass shooting that took place uh, with a crazy shooter that came to work one day uh, in April 2018. Um, And you know, talking about the context of how I found um, the um, machine learning fairness, which is censoring the entire internet uh, according to Google's, you know, corporate policies, which is very similar to the critical race theory curriculum that is being taught in schools these days. So, thank you for having me right. on the show.
1: Yeah, there's so many things I want to talk about. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of the Google stuff last time. Obviously, we'll unpack some more of that, but. Um, what's really interesting to me right now is what's going on with Facebook and their rebranding of, into under the name Meta, Meta. W- which is very interesting to me. And I, just, I was wanting to know your thoughts on that. I have some opinions of myself, but what, what, do, what do you think is going on re- truly behind the scenes with all that?
2: Well, let's just throw out a stumbling block for Meta. Facebook needs to solve the whole puking problem. And this was something that I noticed when I was an engineer in YouTube, I worked right next to the YouTube VR team and they were doing this like VR test for YouTube on PlayStation four. And they had this team, you know, bunch of like, you know, kind of gamer kids and a little bit alternative and they were making really great progress. Uh, I was working on the PS4 port at the time. So I was, you know, working with their changes. Sometimes they broke me. Sometimes I helped them, you know, come to a fix. Um, and they created this YouTube VR experience, and then they wrote up this really long report and they actually posted it in next to the micro kitchen, you know, cause this is like what part of the YouTube culture is you make these beautiful graphs and reports, and then you, you, you put it on poster board and then you put it up on the wall. And so I was reading it and they, were, they had all this stuff. And then at the end was like the most important part, which was after 45 minutes, um, like most of our users felt nauseous and they put it down and then just never used it again. Really? That was their pilot test. So great. And and the reason why is, is several things. Um, one is that, um, your brain doesn't like it when it sees movement in the 3d, you know, plane without you actually moving. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's a second part that contributes to the nausea, which is the fact that when you wanna see far, your eye will automatically focus. And in a um, VR setup, you've got just a flat, um, constantly spaced plane of image. And when you wanna see something far, you, you really can't. If you try to do that, you'll just gotta focus. And so your eyes um, have to refocus at that, at that you know plane of uh, image. And so because of that, these two signals like make the brain get super sick after 45 minutes. So when I'm hearing that Mark Zuckerberg um, is like, oh, we're going to go into the VR world. I was like, whoa, that's really risky unless they've got some sort of, um, you know, solution to the whole puking problem. Hmm. I don't (laughs) see how they're going to do
1: it. Well, it's a sensory overload. I mean, People like we see warnings on TV screens in front of certain cartoons as a kid, like warning, this may cause dizziness or nausea or whatever. I mean, this has been known forever. And what do they expect if they're going to strap this over somebody's eyes? So, but I did notice Facebook mentioned they were doing away with their facial recognition program and they were deleting all any data they had that was collected before. Is that true or what's going on there?
2: Um, I think that what's happening is um, that database is a national security issue. Um, You know, if they've got it and they've got servers in other places, then what happens is that those countries, AKA China is going to be able to get their hands on this database. And also the government's going to be like, Oh, look, here's a silo of data. So we want you to give us access to this silo of data. And then if we want to find like a criminal, we can run it through this database in order to figure out, you know, who that criminal is, and so it's basically a backdoor to an entire surveillance economy. And I think that at this point, Facebook doesn't want to deal with that mess right now, where there's uh, basically no laws and it's the wild, wild west, and the government is trying to muscle in and figure out exactly, you know, what they can get away with in terms of, you know, querying their data. You know, I I know that the European Union's been very strong with this. They've said that they want to um, have access to all the information that Facebook has on its users. And so I take this as Facebook saying, hey, we're going to like kick this can down the road. Or I could also imagine that it's a complete lie. Like, let's just be honest. These big tech companies lie all the time and they do that to throw us off. We're like, oh, they're like, you know, like I'll give you a perfect example. Google said that their censorship engine was Project Dragonfly. And the problem with this is there was no indication that I could see as a full time engineer that there was any shred of evidence that this project existed, which was strange because Google's just a place where they're so open with everything. You can see someone's like objective and uh, key results, uh, their snippets for the day, their week you can um, see what badges they've earned, projects have design documents, like it's all out there for other engineers to look at, that's how they get their productivity bonus. And so, um, but the strange thing with this project, Dragonfly, was that I never was able to find a shred of evidence that it existed. But that's when I found machine learning fairness. And so what I suspect right now, and I can't discount is the fact that Facebook actually could be doing something much, much worse with this information. They may actually be advancing and evolving their their database. Um, and instead of dealing with that hairball of public of a public policy nightmare, they just said, oh, we're, we're, uh, we're not going to use it anymore. We're going to delete the whole database, right? Here's a the hint. They never delete the databases ever. Okay, so one, I, I believe in my opinion, my expert opinion is that they're lying about deleting the database. And two, I think that it's most likely a psyop so that everyone you know, pays attention to something else because why would Facebook lie to them?
1: Yeah, right. Well, well some people think, okay, so we had, remember whatever it was a few weeks ago, Facebook shut down entirely for how many hours? Mm-hmm. And then it, and it came back and there was like all kinds of theories going on as to why that happened. And now, and then they came back and then they changed their name. Like, so I've heard things like people saying, Oh, they changed the name because they're in so many lawsuits. They're trying to like muddy the waters, So it becomes confusing for anybody trying to go after them. What do you, what do you think that shutdown was about?
2: You know what? It was really interesting. That shutdown happened because um, the facebook.com URL got unregistered with the, uh, with the internet and, they really? said, oh, it was, a, it was an update to our software update, and it took down all of the um, URL names. And I find that a little suspicious, and it was so bad because all of Facebook's security um, authentication, like, you know, mm-hmm. your badge, your username when you log into work, like, that all goes up to a server that's pointed at, like, let's say, I'm just making this up, but security.facebook.com. Well, if the entire root domain got wiped out, then no one can log in at all to anything. They can't, they couldn't use the doors. They couldn't log into the systems because all the authentication was being routed through um, that, that URL. So this just basically knocked everyone offline, every single employee, and the whole, the whole idea that a software update would wipe out their domain name, I've never heard of such a thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this exists. It's, and I have to admit that this isn't my particular specialty, but um, the entire story reeks of some sort of, you know, psychological operation, some sort of, um, you know, active measures to distract us or possibly to generate a news cycle. Um, I personally think that this Facebook whistleblower is a you know it's a fake whistleblower and yeah. she's trying to get more social media regulation. She's trying to get Facebook more immunity, and so I see the fact that you know Facebook had this moment where at the worst possible time they went down, um, and well, then yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry, I, I don't. I didn't mean to interrupt you, um, but that whistleblower. Then after she came on 60 Minutes and blew the whistle, then Facebook agreed to have a meeting with her. After that, Mm -hmm. if you're blowing the whistle on a company, they're not going to agree to meet with you and okay, let's work this out. That's not how whistleblowers work. Like, do you think Google would have done that if you if you were you know to you? No,
2: I mean maybe they would have done it in private with like an NDA. You know, right? It was like you can't get out. Um, But the problem is. Facebook, look, Facebook does not want to meet with a whistleblower and give them legitimacy. Why? Because first they're, you know, they're confirming the story. And two, what they're doing is that they're fueling other whistleblowers to come out, right? Yeah. Like it's like, hey, Facebook, you should change. And Facebook's like, no, and like, okay, well, I'm gonna blow the whistle, I'm gonna get super famous, and then you're gonna come back to the table. Right. That's what Facebook is encouraging. So when I saw that Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg himself was responding to uh Francis Hagan, the whistleblower. And the fact that he had such a crappy tone death response, like did you read his letter to her. No, I didn't. It was pathetic. Like he, it was his chance to put a really good, you know, face forward. And if I was, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, what I would do is I would write out sort of roughly what I wanted to say in bullet points. And then I would have a PR person write it out. Then I would, you know, review it and approve it and then put it out it looks like that he just you know got angry and made this you know infantile letter trying to respond to this person which was basically uh 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 -uh. if i'm doing that then why why did we do that and you you just look at as childish and i'm like what the heck kind of movie is this the plot is so bad you know and then like you know the cherry on the top is the fact that twitter validates this whistleblower in like one day you know, I'm still not yeah. validated. I don't have my black or my blue check mark. Nothing, that's nothing
0: that's suspicious there at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Like they're validating a whistleblower. A real whistleblower wouldn't be validated. That's, that was my point. And you just, yeah, you just proved it. I mean, that's, it had all the
0: red flags of a set up
1: whistleblower to, for some. Agenda. First of all, like to even get oh, a spot right. on 60 minutes. Exactly. Like, to even get a spot on 60 minutes is a red flag. I think. Exactly.
2: Yeah. They're celebrating her. They want her to come out there and she's like, what we need to do. And what she said actually was really interesting, but um, the gist of it was um, Facebook went out of control because Mark Zuckerberg, instead of having this like top down hierarchy, he basically came up with this metric that he made every employee try or every engineer strive to maximize, which was called the um, meaningful social interaction. It's called the MSI index. And in fact, I kind of have it right here. Let's see if I can find it. But this MSI was essentially something that every single employee was attempting to maximize. And because of that, they didn't really have a lot of, um, you know, management. And what she claims is that basically the employees just went crazy. Ah, uh, Here we go.
1: Um, you want to share a screen?
0: I I could could you do that?
1: Yeah, let me allow you here. I think I just yeah, you should be able to now. I think.
2: Okay. Um. So uh yeah so let's let's just see so um I'm gonna I'm just gonna share this um share screen here we go, um, Here, let's try that.
3: Facebook's internal governance is very much based around metrics. Facebook is incredibly flat to the point where they have the largest open floor plan office in the world. It's a quarter of a mile long in one room, right? They believe in flat. And instead of having internal governance, they have metrics that people try to move. In a world like that, it doesn't matter that we now MSI may be encouraging bad content, might be making spaces where people are, are scared, where they are shown information that puts them at risk. It's so hard to just lodge a a ruler like that, that uh, a yardstick, that you end up in the situation where because no one is taking leadership, like no one is intentionally designing these systems. It's just many, many people running in parallel, all moving the metric, that these problems get amplified and amplified and amplified and no one steps in to to bring the solutions.
2: And I just wanna finish. And then I think we've been joined by Senator Young Um, and then we'll go who
3: Senator Black has done. Facebook's own research about Instagram contains- Okay, so kids. I'm gonna show
2: you another thing right now- I feel bad when I- Which just... is, um, this, you know is where... th- th- this is, sorry, let me just finish this. Yeah, here. yeah, please. This, this is the Facebook algorithm that was being used, okay? And what we see here is, um, you know if you see a post and you like it, that's one point. OK, if you do like a little angry face or sad or crying, that's five. Um, if you do a comment, that's 15. And if you do a significant comment, that means one with anger, you know, screw you. Da, 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 that's worth 30 points. Really? OK, wow. And so um, you're going to get what you're going to get, which is you probably noticed that divisive uh, comments. Everyone sees them. And they have I noticed don't, that. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's because of that that um scoring mechanism right there
1: why that's so nefarious yeah yeah I mean what the hell well, you know facebook. what's funny is it said facebook whistleblower at the bottom of the screen but if you glance at it it looks like fake whistleblower <laughs> <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way it was the way it was set up um It'd be true so why meta like why that name so I don't know if you followed Q at all you were into that but back in 2018 they made a post um, post 1337 it said, Facebook is listening to you 24 seven 365 literally F nine algorithm are they recording safe housing question mark and it said meta data collection but meta was highlighted building eight DARPA China, 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 um, so they referred to Metadata Collection in 2018, and then now they literally changed their name to Meta. And then we have Microsoft announcing, what, yesterday, that they cre- they're they planning to create their own Metaverse. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So what what is actually, what does Meta mean and why are, why are they trying to do this?
2: Well, the, the problem is, is that it's kind of an overloaded term. Um, it can mean several different things. Um, the meta information on text messaging if you remember was the thing that the nsa was collecting without any sort of wiretapping uh, permission right and it turns out that the nsa doesn't really care that much about what the content of your uh, messages are Uh, a far 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 more useful um, metric is who the heck you're talking to in your circle of friends right so you know, it's not like, oh, we have to look at your stuff for terrorist content. It's, are you talking to a terrorist, right? That, you know, if if you're talking to a terrorist, then they can get the wiretap. And so that all that information is called the meta information because it's the information about the information. Um, And so a lot of that, that could be what the post referred to. I, I personally think that, QAnon is a counter-revolutionary psychological operation done by, um, you know, the CIA or something to make everyone sit on their on their hands um, as they took the election. And so, you know, whether that source of information was true and being predictive of what this, you know, meta system is or not, I can't really speak to that. But I do know that the metaverse was something that's been um, in the science fiction novel you know, lingo for a very long time. And a lot of people were referring to cyberspace as sort of the metaverse, which is when cyberspace kind of turns into, you know, a 3D represented, you know, image space that you can walk around in and project your avatar and have interactions with other people um, in a completely artificial world. So, you know, it could either be a coincidence or it could just be an overlap or could actually, you know, have been predictive of of this metaverse, you know, showing up in our world.
1: Right. And well, and then the logo is interesting because it that that shape is actually show shows up in a lot of logos if you look like Fubo TV, Chime, the M and Chime is the exact same thing. Um, it's real it's interesting. Like there's obviously, you know, symbolism within that. And it's, and it's, it's like a serpent, like ancient depictions of it is like a serpent eating its own, eating its mm-hmm. head or its tail or whatever.
2: And a Mobius strip. Right. Infinity is a Mobius strip because um, unlike a regular like circle or cylinder, uh, which has two sides, the Mobius strip only has one side. And so it goes on for infinity.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. You. you know, it's interesting. You said that about Q also, because at this point you know there was a lot of people that were were all in with q and there was a total um let's just say everyone's morale went way down after the election right mm-hmm. and it forces us to ask the hard questions and like rethink okay what what this act what was q actually what actually took place here and uh It's just interesting to hear other theories because, you know, part of me believes that, yeah, there was an actual military behind this and it was some sort of operation. Uh, There's no doubt there was an intelligence behind it because of the way it was pulled off. But what was its true purpose? I guess we're still finding out, but it definitely woke a lot of people up. I know that it pointed a lot of people towards some great information. I mean, the
2: amount of truth in it was pretty, was pretty phenomenal. Um, I, what, what, what kind of, I remember this story one time when I was in a cigar hangout and I was talking to this Iraqi, um, this Americanized Iraqi. And he was just like, yeah, can you believe it that back in Iraq, they, there's a lot of people that are rumored or th- that believe in this rumor that Saddam Hussein is still alive and that he's organizing a resistance to purge, um, the cabal out of like Iraq. And I was like, huh, that's funny. And then later I was like, huh, that's weird. this weird. is, QAnon with the jfk jr sounds exactly like this iraqi who told me that um there was a conspiracy that saddam hussein faked his own death right yeah yeah so um uh and and i don't know have you ever seen that hbo movie uh into the storm
1: mm, I, What yeah. i that what is maybe i have I've i don't seen know it, it sounds really familiar
2: name. it's a really great it goes into it's actually a really good thing um and uh, you, should, you should definitely check it out. One of the amazing things that they revealed in that um, movie was, um, I lost my track, what was it that they, um, oh yeah, that it originally started off in 4chan and then it went down in December of 2017 and then it moved forwards. There was this guy named by the name of Paul Ferber. And he was it was his board that Q popped up in and oh was...
1: wait, are you talking about the Q documentary? Yes. Oh yeah. I'm actually in that in the first episode. Uh,
2: oh, oh but, I forgot about that. Yeah. No, you're
1: right. I, I was I wasn't in it. I was like in the background, like on some footage. Uh there, in, there was yeah. a guy at one of the conferences I was at and I just happened to be uh mm-hmm. in the background. But yeah, okay. I was totally confused. Yeah, I did I see I forgot the
0: name of, of it.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Sorry to interrupt you. I still haven't yeah. seen it. So
2: um and I've I've been told this by a lot of other people is that uh it was real from October all the way to December, and then it got found out and the people got, you know, something happened, that. and then it moved boards to from Paul Forber's board to um that F- Frederick guy. Is that his name? The the guy in the wheelchair. I'm not sure. Um, the owner of a the previous H&M. owner of H. H&M. Oh yeah. Motivation. right and then and then he ended up selling it to ron watkins and his son and then his son sort of took it over and one of the things that was um that really was interesting to me was when they showed that whole cute thing they're like oh look this like cue came into the mail or no it got placed inside of the room you know you remember that part um where- They're holding up like the big giant queue and they're like, wow, someone broke in and "Oh this queue thing. And then in the movie, they admitted that they had just made it up and that they had placed that inside of their room, right? So it's like, what's going on there? But the reason why I think that it's an all-encompassing PSYOP is um, because what's interesting, and this isn't really, we don't really talk about this very much, but um, the Veritas whistleblowers, a lot of them got messages from a random number. A text message, um, giving them um making them feel good. Like for me, it was um uh do not be afraid, you have angels watching over you dash Q. Right. But then, like, you know, I I'd, I'd come out at nine o'clock in the morning and then I got this message at 340. I looked over to my mentor and I was like, Should I should I call this? He's like, No, don't do it. They might try to like figure out something and, and get you in a compromising position. So I said, Okay, and I didn't.
1: And then, well, and it was always a mystery who. so yeah aaron you've heard that too i've heard it too like at some point along the line um it was compromised and yeah and i've heard that they it it was, there's theories like they let them take over so they can like basically um keep your friends close your enemies closer you know like that they were just like they let them in and let them think that they were taking over while like, they almost were like a honeypot yeah trap, but definitely. who knows um but i've heard i heard that Once the takeover happened, that's when we started getting all the hopium cheerleader type of post. And when all these people started getting cued on, you know, uh, uh, from Twitter and all that stuff, like I heard that was post takeover. Obviously, we have no way to prove this at Mm -hmm. all. Like it's speculation, but I do really believe it legit. It was legitimate when it started. And uh, it would make it would make sense because because of the information, um, it was too hard to ignore but yeah so along the way it, it got to you know
2: yeah it got, it, really, got it got weird and well here's yeah. the thing like you know um i remember when covid hit in 2020 and i was sitting there and i was like it was january 2020 and i was like oh my god everyone this is going to be really bad this bad things happening in in china and you know jack pasobik was also posting about it um and my girlfriend at the time was posting about it. And we were all just like yelling on Twitter how bad this was going to be. And no one on the left wanted to take us seriously. No one on the right or, you know, the conspiracy stuff was, was really taking us that seriously. And I was like, why aren't you guys, you know, reporting about this? So like, well, you know, Q isn't really talking about it. So we don't think it's that big of a deal. Like literally. And <laughs> That's if, funny. If, if, if Q had just like made a post, like back when, he still had a lot of, the group still had a lot of legitimacy. Like, you know, if it was really there for the sovereignty of America, then, um, we could have made a stink about it. We could have been like, Oh, we need to like shut down all the airlines coming into America until we, you know, figure out something right. Or, you know, the hydroxychloroquine or the ivermectin, right? Like if this was really a counterop of, you know, a communist revolution, then there's a lot of weak points that we really could have used to hammer on the deep state's agenda and really prevent the whole you know, vaccine rollout that we're seeing today. Like right. that whole vaccine emergency use authorization that was um, being applied for in June of 2020 was completely invalid when you consider that if there's any drug on the market, that can treat the thing, then you don't get their emergency use authorization, right? So there was yeah. hydroxychloroquine, there was ivermectin, and then there was a, another one which people don't really know about called oleandrin. And every single time they went through, it was like the FDA either killed it or you know the Lancet or the NIH was like, actually it doesn't work. Um, and then there was a, <laughs> the the height of the hypocrisy was, when Susan Wachowski got on CNN with Brian Stelter and was like, um, yeah, we're going to be banning videos that say that urge people to take vitamin C and vitamin D yeah. uh, and that in fact, I, I want to find that now if I can find it um, because here we go. It's really interesting that uh, she got away hey, with guys. this and it needs to be you know, hammered you know, we need to remind ourselves how evil these people are. So let's, let's just go ahead and. and
1: Well, they're this. reminding us every day,
0: <laughs>
2: right?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Here we go. It's
0: medically unsubstantiated to so people saying like take vitamin C, um, you know, um take turmeric, Like those are all will cure you. Um Those are the examples of things that would be a violation of her policy. Um, anything that would go against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy. And so remove is another really important part of our policy.
2: So you're not just putting the truth next to the lie. You're taking the lie down. That's a pretty aggressive approach.
0: Well, uh, I mean, we do we do remove, um, you know, across. Um, youtube in non-pandemic times um information that is a violation of our policy and we've had community guidelines since the very beginning of youtube and we've always um anything that is a violation of our policy we do remove it anything that is medically uns- so
1: there you go right right i mean and so they're trying to say that vitamin c and turmeric and vitamin d and all the all holistic natural remedies are lies and that's what they're telling you yeah and it goes against the world Health Organization. Yeah, that's it. that's proof of it right there. Mm-hmm. They're trying to did maxi-
2: and they're trying to maximize the amount of damage that this um, virus would do to the American public. And for some yeah. reason the conservative groups got suckered into like this whole like we got to resist the masks. And I remember when I was getting asked to talk to a bunch of conservatives and they were like asking me like, "Well, what do you think about the masks and the science?" and um and i disappointed all of them i said i think we should wear the masks because um the big fight's going to be the vaccine um passport and if we blow our load on this um mask thing which is essentially like putting your seatbelt on then you know the left is not going to give a crap what we say about the vaccine you know and people didn't like that answer like oh my god you know and but i i think that's the truth right like you know they said that the mask didn't work and that's debatable. Like it had some efficacy, efficacy, you know, the virus wasn't completely aerosolized. Most of the virus was found in droplets and those droplets of saliva uh, and mucus were larger than those threads. And when they hit the threads, those threads are hydrophilic, they're water seeking. And so that, that, you know, whole entire droplet of, Saliva or mucus would be collected in the mask and be immobilized. And when a virus infects you, it undergoes exponential growth. And the thing is, is that if you're going to get infected with the COVID-19, you know, virus, where do you want to end up on that exponential curve? And the solution is that you want to end up on the far small end of it as possible so you can get, you know, those few extra days or hours so that your body can mount at an appropriate defense against the virus. And I find that, it, and I'm still mystici- mystified to this day why the conservative groups all decided together that the virus was 100% fake and that the masks didn't do anything. I think that that was the foot gun that really gave us a lot of problems. We should have in retrospect said, well, it looks like the virus is real because you know the deep state is fighting it like it's real. Like they're fighting the cures um, and also, you know, they're trying to get us to, uh, you know, they're making this big deal out of the, the whole masks deal. And, and the thing was, is that Fauci in March told us not to wear masks and then took away the masks from Amazon and eBay in order to protect the population from price gouging. It's literally what he said. It's like, oh, there's a pandemic. People are trying to price gouge because everyone's trying to bring masks. Does that sound like the like a fake virus? No, that sounds like a real virus. That sounds like, you know, chess moves being played by the deep state in order to maximize the number of people that are going to get infected.
1: You know, that's interesting. I definitely don't like your answer about the mask either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I,
0: I um, I disagree, but that's okay.
1: Yeah. I. And I, and I say that respectfully, I just, I, I'm not saying that masks don't work. I was in construction and I know there are times when you have to wear a mask. Um, but, you know, there was all kinds of theories floating around at the time. I think maybe, yeah, it's sometimes whenever you're next to somebody and they're coughing or sneezing and the mask was on, I'm kind of like, or, or I'm kind of like, yeah, thank God that they had a mask on or something, you know, was, there, there were times whenever I saw that, you know, it was actually beneficial, but I think they, went overboard to the fact that like, I, I don't think that the children need to be wearing it all day long at school. Oh and, no.
2: Right. Like the children weren't even getting right. infected with this thing. They were the asymptomatic class.
1: Right. Exactly. But so I think they went overboard with it. And, and these mandates they're getting out of hand. I th-
0: the reaction to everything that was what was insane and from the get go. And that's what I saw. I'm like, well, there, there's clearly some big agendas going on here because they're locking down everything, you know, they're, and then then of course the vaccine, you know, I knew that from day one, that was, and like you said, yeah, that who cares about the mask? Like, that's the big, that's where this is leading. They want everyone to be vaccinated. They want the passports. They want, you know, all that. And right. It's scary. Um, and if, yeah, if you're focused on, Oh, they're making this work. Like guys, that's nothing compared that's like, let's focus. yeah. Like look at the big picture here. Look at that. And, uh,
1: well, yeah, here,
0: that, that's, you're absolutely right there.
1: Yeah. The big fight is the vaccine. I 100% agree with that. And here's the thing I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like at the beginning when Q, I I was a Q supporter big time, like mm-hmm. I was all in and then we have to be willing to be wrong and <clears throat> have the humility, humility to self-correct if we're wrong. And then looking back, I'm not saying that we were wrong, but I definitely think we were maybe a little overexcited about it looking back and now we're starting to see things play out, right? So at mm-hmm. one point I was all in with Q, and now I'm willing to look at it and be like, okay, maybe we were duped on some level. Maybe something happened. What's going on? At the beginning of the virus, there's even episodes, probably if you go back, where we we even speculated that the this whole virus right it right off the bat, like whenever it was brand new, we were speculating that it was a complete psyop and there wasn't a real virus. We didn't we hadn't seen anything yet really in the States to prove anything it was, you know, overseas and stuff. So we we were just, we, something
2: got released in China, right? Something bad got released in Wuhan, China, because there is undeniable evidence and testimony from people that I've run into that had friends on Telegram you know groups and they were getting sick and they mm-hmm. were getting, they were dying sure um released
0: though they they created it and released it rather than the official story of
1: oh it came from right and well that's what the whole
0: spread through the whole world
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> like, what the yeah. whole pandemic movie kind of breaks down yeah, yeah. I mean, going all the way back to 99 when they applied for the patent for the coronavirus and all that stuff
0: nearly bioengineered
1: um really, so but yeah. what happened what happened time went by and at first everyone's like I don't know anybody that's gotten sick or died from it. Then it seemed like out of nowhere just about everybody I knew was sick and people were getting sick in weird ways, things ways they've never they couldn't never explain. Aaron this whole 2021, time. right? Right, right, right. This Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. like it's just like around it was like simultaneous too. It was like all these people that I know like on the internet, they live in different states that so we're all getting sick. I'm like holy shit, like okay, we need to rethink this. Maybe there is something more to this. This isn't just like something to blow off. But obviously, there's uh, they're either using it to push their agenda or it was part of the agenda. Obviously, if mm-hmm. it was released, it was probably part of the agenda the whole time. But it's interesting.
2: I mean, I I knew that COVID-21, which is what I call it, um, was the real deal because they used to set their PCR cycle threshold up to 40 cycles. Mm-hmm which is just, it just produces meaningless results. Yeah, And, um, you know, I was like, well, the more you test, the more you're going to find that are sick because the false positive rate is going to be like 95%. And then something happened. The CDC was like, okay, we have to set it down to 25 PCR cycles. And now all of a sudden I was just like, uh uh-oh uh-oh and then once i saw the numbers go up like this i was just like oh no this is not a false positive this is a this is the real you know pandemic that is playing out right now and that's that's where we started to see all of the people or friends getting sick and what's interesting if, if you look at the graphs yes the graph for covid 21 is a lot higher than it was for covid 19 but the fact that they've set the PCR levels down to a real number means that it's probably, you know, 10 X that like, I would imagine 10 to 20 X as many people are legitimately getting infected with a virus than they were in, you know, 2020 and 2019.
1: Right. The big thing is though um, most everybody, well, everybody I know at my age, not elderly people, I'm not including this, but they all recovered from it and they're fine now. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and everyone everybody, everyone did it on their own. Each person, some people did it with just you know holistic remedies. Yeah, other no people did the out. ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine. Um, there's so many different variations of things people did just to get better, and uh it, there people, it's not as deadly for the middle. Age group is they're trying to push it on TV. You know, there's a lot of fear yeah. and propaganda when you turn on CNN and they have a death counter at the top of the yeah, screen. Yeah, I know. You know, right? that's that is fear. That it's is like, oh
2: my God, oh my God, the sky is falling, right? That's what they want you to believe.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you have to get a vaccine now or you're going to die. Yeah. Well, it's funny. My mom you're killing people, <laughs> you're
2: killing grandma, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you
0: or, you're basically a murderer. If you don't I mean,
2: my, my mom was like, on the fence, she thought like, Oh, Zach's getting a little crazy. And then like, um, all of a sudden she got COVID and she's just like, Oh, I got exposed to COVID. Then the next day she's like, Oh, I feel sick now, but it's probably not COVID. And then it was like, okay, it's COVID. And I was like, I'm going to send you some ivermectin. Like I literally, I didn't have the pill. I, I literally had the horse paste. And so I sent the horse paste, uh, through the mail, uh, to my mom and she got it. And, um, just sort of like, let it sit in the refrigerator for a few days. And then she gave me a call back. She's like, okay, I've taken a turn for the worse. I think, um, I might need to try it now. And I said, okay, you know? And so I, I told her how to do it, how to like push it out, how to eat it, uh, with a knife and she took it. And then eight hours later, she gave me a call back and she was like, oh, I'm, I'm turning the page. It's I'm the swelling's going down. Like she had swelling inside of her ear. Um, and then, you know, she made a full recovery really quickly. And it was right as I gave her that ivermectin that, and right after that, eight hours later, she was on her path to recovery. So, you know, it, it it does, it, it, there's, there's a solution. It works.
1: I've taken a pill form of ivermectin, um, when I was starting to get sick, um, and like next morning I woke up and it was just unbelievable. I was like, okay, like that was that fast. It was that fast, and and wow. what I had started feeling was like flu symptoms, you know, certain like aching, whatever. Um, and I didn't know if I had the the virus or not, but I had I had some ivermectin. I'm like, well, it can't hurt, and whatever that did, whatever I mean, it's a parasite cleanse, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it kills the parasites. The ivermectin does, so it's a dewormer. So, even if it's not COVID, it still would even cure something else too.
0: You know, it won a Nobel Prize for humans so there's
2: right
1: that. and it was fda approved years ago yeah but um, you know it like,
0: works and
2: that doesn't exist you
1: no know it works against uh parasites and not exactly like I don't know the science of it no
2: um it holds open the calcium channels and depolarizes the um, membranes and makes it so that um, they can't do any work they can't take a nutrients they can't uh, and then what happens is that the worm just sort of comes to a standstill and then just dies like, you know, basically suffocates um, because it can't
0: move. Interesting,
2: But I don't know how it works for um, COVID-19. I'd like to figure out what the science is on that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, what's interesting too about, so do we have all of this false data um, about the Pfizer vaccine, you know, and all this stuff. They're falsifying data is what it appears to be about what's actually in the vaccine. And what, um, as far as the ingredients go and, and stuff like that. And uh, it's very interesting to see the Pfizer stock skyrocketing right mm-hmm. now. Uh, like, oh, come on, you can, you can clearly, it doesn't take much looking around to figure out that this is really about the money Um, for, for these. I mean, even Bill Gates was on camera saying that his, the best investment he ever made was in vaccines. That's in yes. the plan pandemic part two. I think he says that, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? I mean, it was the
2: best investment that Bill Gates ever made. Um, and the reason why is because they needed a propaganda mouthpiece to sort of evangelize the, you know, the this worthless vaccine that they were pushing. Um, and now look what's happening. Canada just announced that they're going to be making purchases of vaccine for 2022, 2023, and 2024. They still want this whole thing to go on for another three years. Right. And, you know, it's like all those billions of dollars that Pfizer made, that's just for this last year. Like, can you imagine what they're going to be making? I mean, they're going to make like a quarter of a trillion dollars off this one
1: product. Right. Right. Like job security for themselves, like unbelievable. It's unbelievable. In the meantime, you know, we have all these adverse side effects, and now they, I, I just got the big Apple news notification that they're approved it for children between ages of five and eleven in California now. Like it's good news, and and then you have kids now like getting injured by this stuff, and it's like it. This is like okay, where do we draw a line? How do we put a stop to this? Because it's clearly not helping for the most part.
2: Right, kids don't get it, but I think what's going to happen is um, they're, they might release COVID twenty two. Like if they've released COVID nineteen, they've released COVID twenty one, which is the Delta variant, Delta plus. Then my assumption is that they're going to release, you know, like the Delta, like the epsilon variant in twenty two, called what I'm calling COVID twenty two. I think that COVID-22 is probably going to be nasty. And basically everyone's that's like, you know, we're pretty much like winning right now on the arguments with, uh, you know, Oh, this, you shouldn't be vaccinating kids. And you look looking at the data and it's true. Like kids don't need the vaccine. Um, but what's going to be, you know, what, what, what is, what, what ends that whole thing, a really bad COVID that does target the children. And then it's like, Oh my God, think of the children, you know, cause right now it's like, I've got you know, these libtards coming at me and saying, oh, you got to get the vaccine to protect grandma. Like, I don't want to be responsible for the death of grandma. And I'm just, you know, but if it starts targeting kids, then just imagine all the Karens in the world going absolutely ape crap over, you know, you not taking the vaccine because you might kill an eight-year-old. Right. And and that's what I fear is really coming um, down the pipeline is that it's just going to get worse from here.
0: Yeah, but they don't realize it's the vaccines actually killing people. and It's actually the exact 180 degrees opposite.
1: Well, there's theories like the Delta variant came directly from the vaccine itself. And they're, they're, yeah. the side effect of the, of the vaccine is actually they're just labeling it as a Delta variant. because well, there's people
0: getting the vaccine, get, getting in the hospital because of the effects of the vaccine. And then they're going, oh, they have COVID. And then the numbers get inflated that way and the death numbers get inflated.
2: Or or why would they even need to, right? Would you, would you leave it to, if you're the, if you're the cabal, would you leave it to chance or would you have something ready to go, um, you know, stacked up? Because what's interesting is that the Delta variant seems more toxic to the human body than the alpha variant. And the way that these um, diseases evolve is that they evolve to get less deadly, not more deadly, because if you're, if you're more deadly, yeah. Then um, you can't spread as much because, you know, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, we got to like isolate the dead. Right. And that or isolate the sick, quarantine them. The virus is not going to be able to spread like that. Like an effective virus is one where it makes you barely sick at all, but is highly contagious. And as you go about, it just spreads to everyone. Like that's what the Delta yeah. variant should be. And so this whole and that's what follows the evolution of all these other viruses. And so the idea that there that the Delta variant is even more deadly, and, and, I, and I'm gonna guess that the Epsilon or whatever COVID-22 is going to be, um, if it comes out, it's even going to be even deadlier than everything yeah. else. That's gonna be my guess. And the reason why I say that is because when I look at the Spanish flu, that's what happened. Like the first wave was like whatever, but then it was like the second and third waves. That's when people um, started dying uh, like crazy and dropping like flies. And, you know, we're starting to see that now. um, And I think that we're going to see that in 2022.
1: Well, none of that's good news. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's really interesting because uh, people aren't going to like hearing a lot of this stuff. I already know what the comments are going to look like. You know, everybody wants to see, like, wants us to have some guest on who's going to come with all the answers and 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 you know tell them that it's going to be okay and this and that and it's coming to the point where you know we just don't know anymore we don't know what's going on we know they have a well thought out plan we know there's a war world war three technically taking place right now covertly it's a you know what do you you want to call it? A spiritual warfare information it's not going
0: to go away without a fight you got to just look at it simply that way so of course it's going to get worse before it gets better because they're they're kicking and screaming basically right now throwing everything they can out there so what do you think is going to happen like it's going to look like what's happening now and it's going to get probably even worse for a bit temporarily you know who knows how long hopefully not
2: well i think we're going to go i think we're going to go to world war um, three so? Yeah, yeah yeah and i've got a video right here i want to show you because this is actually one of the most important things to understand what's going on because um there, no one's talking about this. They're not talking about biotic warfare. And it's probably the most important thing that we could talk about. So I want to share with this with you guys right now.
1: Yeah, let's, for this. Yeah.
2: The progress of artificial life probably faster than artificial intelligence. It will bring us more problems in ethics, religion, philosophy, and law. However, regardless you like it or not, the future prospects and vision will bring it here. From transgenics and gene editing to gene synthesis. It's rapid and earth-shaking change in just a few years.
1: Especially the gene synthesis is conducting in industrial level.
2: In the past few years, we only maintained the level of a million basic groups per year. But in 2018, we can hit the million target just in one month. In 2019, we'll make it weekly as a regular job. By 2020, we will synthesize the million of basic groups daily. What's the indication of a million levels daily? E. coli has 2 million basic groups, so we can make a brand new bacteria in two days. We can make a beneficial bacteria. We can also make a terrible bacteria.
1: Human being has experienced the war of cold weapon, hot
2: weapon, and atomic bomb.
1: It must transform
2: to the live weapon, biotic weapon. Extremely horrible, but the prevention will be upgraded also. All right. So
1: when was this recorded? And where was it?
2: 2018 or 2019 um i don't know much more about it but that's when it was recorded and they were bragging about how they were um you know creating this biological you know warfare for world war three
1: well what's um, it they kept saying gene synthesis um yeah it's like interesting-
2: a 3d printer but for genes
1: oh, okay so and then this you think this is playing into some world war or is this Like a prerequisite for it.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what you have to realize is that um, this whole freedom thing, um, it's going to come to an end. And here's why. The amount of cost that it takes to generate a uh, planet-ending bacteria that is harmful to all life on Earth is not getting more expensive. It's getting exponentially cheaper. And right now, it will take a team of scientists to be able to make one of these bacteria. But in the future, probably even today, it could take just one determined madman to go and make a horrible weapon that wipes out the entire planet. Okay. We need to have some sort of surveillance that's watching over all of us or some sort of upgraded counter option so that a, you know. A weapon the size of 400 nanometers um, doesn't destroy the whole planet, and all life on Earth. You know, like f- we're, we're coming up to a contradiction here in society, and um, a lot of these things where you can just do whatever you want, uh, it's not. It's just. It's just gonna. It's just gonna end to ruin. And um, and so there's this plan to get everyone on the same page. Right. If you're going to be, I think in the future, if you're going to have like, you know, biochemistry, like, like, you know, synthetic life, you're going to be closely monitored, you know, so that you can't do anything like that. And there's also another problem that we've got. Artificial intelligence. Okay. Like,
1: yeah, that's, that's a big one. I'm, I'm seeing pushed everywhere. I mean, that's, that's in your face, obviously.
2: Right. Like we love free speech, but what if we have free speech for AI? Okay. it's already what?
1: it's already happening they have they have a Twitter page that's strictly AI that's basically all every every, every biblical script is programmed into this thing and it writes its own scriptures mm-hmm. basically and it's freaky like it's prophesizing things and everything but it's all AI and it's like a Twitter account you can follow I forget the name of it but that right there is is a, essentially thinking for itself it's taking everything that it's uploaded that that's been uploaded into this program and then now it's creating its own scriptures and theories based upon the information it has and it's it's wild if you ever read some of it it's it's i mean that's a perfect example of what you're talking about
2: right and that uses gpt3 which doesn't actually think it just is basically um a text completion engine that's been upgraded to you know absurd levels with gigantic databases of memory and um, training data and you get this extreme simulated intelligence which is what it is okay but in the future we're going to have something that actually is conscious and it's going to be you know have a godlike intelligence that we wet brains just don't have any capability of countering and what's going to be interesting is that uh, and scary is this you know this qanon this phenomenon, right? Like what did it do? It just psyoped a whole bunch of people across the United States. Well, what if you've got, you know, and that was probably done by a group of humans. Okay. What happens if you've got an AI that's doing that? Okay. And it's out there and it's tweeting, whatever, and it's, you know, collectivizing all these people. And now you're like, okay, well that would be bad, but now here's where it gets exponentially worse. What if you have a million of them? Oh, these million different AIs that are creating this LARP, LARPosphere for, you know, 300 different types of people that it selects for across the internet, right? So you build this like micro community of conspiracy theorists that have a um, false vision of the world that is also fundamentally incompatible with the adjacent conspiracy theory, right? Now, you know, with all this customized propaganda that's coming electronically, You could look around the store and you could see all these signs through your VR, AR goggles. And what you could really do is you could essentially prevent the the population from ever collectivizing collectivizing because their vision of the world would not be shared with anyone else. And so if they even talked about what they believe, the other person would be like, oh, that's crazy because obviously the world's like
0: this other thing. Right, which would be sound crazy. To the other person which like would like sound crazy to another person. Flat Earth is like a example of that already. Where like I see in the in the truther or conspiracy community, you know, all the flat Earth people, all they want to talk about is flat Earth. And if you talk about stuff or space at all or anything that contradicts that, then all they want to argue about is flat Earth. And oh, this that, is all BS because you're talking as if right. They well, what it does is it it forces
1: them to ignore yeah, it, yeah. For, it forces them to ignore all the other problems going on in the world because they're now yeah. fighting about the shape of the planet instead of the problems that are actually taking place no matter what shape it is <laughs> you know
0: and and spiritual growth and everything else it's oh we just want to talk about the shape of the planet and and sometimes how we how we can uh escape the because there's different versions of flat earth too there's the infinite plane one where like Mm -hmm. oh the earth is just like one little spot on an infinite plane and we can escape it and and then there's like oh no it's like a snow globe where it's
1: right there's all kinds of
0: and then it's a floating flat thing yeah it's like they can't even agree on the
1: biggest the biggest
2: funny thing why i like to point out these flat earthers i'm like you guys know this is a psyop right they're like no it's not what's your proof and i'm like (laughs) because it's the same flag as the un the un's freaking evil you think that that symbol that just ends up to be the flat earth you know is just coincidental no they own your symbol that's the reason why they're using that that whole flag there because they want to bring us back to the idea that there's a flat earth like you know the whole thing of like oh well christopher columbus I mean, Chris, the whole Christopher Columbus story, I'm not even gonna get into, but it's, it's pretty much like everything that we know about it is is There's through the eyes of the victors. Yeah, it's a lie. Yeah, a lie, yeah. But but the whole thing about like the whole flat earth being, you know, recognized, that's an ancient psyop that they want to put in so that people are deactivated, right? Because yeah, if you think that the world is flat, then you don't know how to do navigation on the seas, right? You don't know how to defend yourself, your family, because your mind is scrambled with all of this information. You're being ideologically subverted, and so this whole thing with these flat earthers thinking that the UN is trying to secretly communicate that they know what the real like you know it's like no, it's the exact same symbol because the UN is all about subversion and destroying people's identities and their and their and their vision, their objective reasoning about reality, so that they could destroy your country right that's you know it's 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 right. mind-blowing that that the flat earth community because it's it's so easy to disprove a lot of that yeah you know They're
1: big time easy but it's yeah. like it's almost too easy in some cases but they they always have an like, answer for it i started
0: playing the i mean just day and night is like their explanation doesn't make any sense
1: well and then the, the stars are different
0: in the northern hemisphere, in the southern hemisphere. The, the seasons are, you know, different. Uh, like all
1: these things don't
0: that up. If they're this
1: perfect example of how these groups run with this information. I know we got off topic here, but this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So I started following this group on uh, Facebook about ancient history. Right. I didn't yeah. realize that it was a, a flat earther group. I had no idea until I was in it. And I started seeing all the posts. And then somebody posted a picture from 1972, apparently of the of the world from from above, and it and it proves that it's flat. It was like a photograph, and they're all like "I told you, blah blah." They're defending it, and I, you know, so I was just like, okay, I'm gonna take this photo, put it in 10 eye in the reverse image search, and I did, and it had 152 results. And what that original image was was an illustration of a crater. Not even an actual photograph. It was a computer-generated illustration of a crater in the Yucatan Peninsula, and somebody took that and and put the filter over it and put like a fake date on the bottom of it, and put some clouds over the uh put some land masses and clouds over the uh, crater, and then said it was an, a, a photo of flat Earth. And this group was all like believing it, and they were sharing <laughs> it and and I and I totally you I, I made a post and debunked the whole thing. And uh, somebody was like, oh, research and critical thinking for the win or something. But uh, this is a perfect example of how like, people don't, can't even think anymore. They just, they're just um, automatically jumping to conclusions without doing any research. And it's scary how easily people can be tricked. And I'm not saying I haven't been fooled before by information I yeah. have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have. How many um, times have we yeah. each shared something that ended up not being true on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and we had to take it back?
2: You know what I found out recently, which is on this thread, is that you know part of the problem is, is that um, we've been hoaxed throughout our entire history, and um, I started reading um, Genesis forty seven, and uh, and I made this post because of that. Uh, are, are a lot of your your viewers Christian? Um, I don't some, know. We have probably a mixture of everything. Okay, here. I, but, hope, I hope they're the definitely in the
0: minority, but some are. Yeah.
2: Okay. Hope they don't get upset at me because I'm I'm about to attack a sacred cow. <laughs> so, um, yeah this this is what I want to talk about. So uh, today I learned that Joseph of Genesis 47 is essentially Fauci, Bill Gates, and Larry Fink, a bunch of other villains, all wrapped up into one. Now they love Joseph uh, of the Old Testament because he was one of the two people that talked to God. All right. But um, now that I've been through this whole COVID-19 pandemic, I read Genesis 47 and look what I saw, okay? So Joseph and the famine, there was no food, however, in the whole region because the famine was severe. Both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. Joseph collected all the money that was to be found in Egypt and Canaan in payment for the grain they were buying. I wonder who they were buying it from. Right. Um, And um, and giving it to Pharaoh's palace when the money of the people of Egypt and Canaan were gone. All Egypt came to Joseph and said, give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? Our money is all gone. And so Joseph said, then bring your livestock and I will sell you food in exchange for your livestock since your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and he gave them food in exchange for their horses, their sheep and goats, their cattle and donkeys. And he brought them through that year with food in exchange for all their livestock. When that year was over, they came to him the following year and said, we cannot hide from our Lord the fact that since our money is gone and our livestock belongs to you, there is nothing left for our Lord except our bodies and our, Lord and our land. Why should we perish before your eyes? We in our land as well. Buy us, hand our land in exchange for food. And we with our land will be in bondage to Pharaoh. Give us seeds so that we may live and not die and that the land may not become desolate. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh, the Egyptians, one and all and sold their fields because the famine was too severe for them the land became Pharaoh's and Joseph reduced the people to servitude from one end of Egypt to the other. He basically enslaved all of Egypt, all of Egypt to give these people food,
1: right? That's their land,
2: took their food, took their money, took their horses, took their goats, took their sheep, took every single thing that these people had, even their freedom. However, he did not buy the land of the priests because they received a regular allotment from Pharaoh and had food enough from the allotment Pharaoh gave them. That is why they did not sell their land. Wonder who the priests were. Joseph said to the people, now that I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh, here is seed for you so you can plant the ground. But when the crop comes in, give a fifth of it to Pharaoh. The other four fifths, you may keep as seed for the fields and as food for yourselves, your households and your children. You have saved our lives, they said. May we find favor in the eyes of our Lord, who will be in bondage. We will be in bondage to Pharaoh. So Joseph established it as law concerning land in Egypt, still enforced today that a fifth of the produce belongs to Pharaoh. It was only the land of the priests that did not become Pharaoh's. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt in the region of Goshen. They acquired property there and were fruitful and increased greatly in number." Jacob lived in Egypt 17 years, and the years of his life were 147. When the time drew near for Israel to die, he called for his son Joseph and said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, put your hand under my thigh and promise that you shall show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt, but when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. I will do as you say, he said. Swear to me, he said. Then Joseph swore to him and Israel worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. So um, you know
1: sounds kind of like the power structure we have going on now. Right? Yep. So this has
2: been going on for a very, very long time. And what we need to do is like this awakening is not, you know, necessarily like, oh, we need to like turn to the old testament. Like that old testament was freaking evil and it's a cover up. Yeah. of the, of like genocidal maniacs that you know probably blocked off the nile um deprived everyone like they were so f- they were so messed up that they didn't even have seed you know what that meant that meant that they had a year-long famine and everything died so that they couldn't have seed to replant their crops so um you know this this is pure evil to the core and when i when, I, when I, I remember like when I was younger, my mom was like reading this stuff because I was brought up as a Catholic and she's like, oh yeah, and his brothers, Joseph's brothers like betrayed him and sold him into slavery to Pharaoh. I was like, oh, why would they do that? And now looking at this, I was like, because Joseph was a freaking evil tyrant. And part of this awakening is that we have yeah. to realize that um, history is written by, by the victors. And the reason why Jesus is amazing is because just by the word of himself, Okay, these people from the Old Testament, they conquered by sword. But Jesus conquered by the word of uh, of of objective truth. And by resonating with the with the true prime creator, he toppled an evil empire. And to this day, they're trying to destroy Christianity because of what it represents. Objective truth and fighting no matter what towards those that are determined to do evil.
1: Well, wasn't and yeah. even the word Jesus triggers triggers the deep state. I mean, it's very interesting. I think tr- Trump was the first p- president to actually uh, pray in Jesus's name, and, and for like in years, I don't remember exactly. But it's interesting why why what are they afraid of? Obviously, that name is like well, triggering for them.
0: Well, they're a Luciferian cult, so yeah, <laughs> of course, exactly. They well, they basically believe that. There, so they worship i mean you could say satan but they they say lucifer like they believe he's an actual being which he may or may not be um and that him in the bible he was actually the good guy and um the god that christians worship is actually the bad guy basically and jesus was bad too and uh yeah they they basically their their whole their whole paradigm and philosophy is basically um you know kill or be killed uh it's pure like the strong survive That's where the darwinism came from you know they they're the ones behind that uh you know no no empathy no compassion no help each other it's just everyone for himself whoever's the strongest is gets to rule and uh enslave everyone else and that's tough luck, you know, it's like, it's almost like culturally philosophy.
2: It's like culturally we have daddy issues, right? Like we have this like God father, you know, this, this really wise, you know, entity being, but he's an absentee father and we got daddy issues because of that. Right. And so we're all like does daddy love me, you know, I'm best at daddy. Right. And, um, and I think that's really interesting because if you look at some of the Luciferian stuff, like what they say is that um, the fallen angel sacrificed his role in heaven so that he could bring the gift of intellect and fire to mankind? And um, and now I'm like, you know, I, I rationalized a lot of what kind of happened in our history, especially like it, it started with H- negative bloodline. Like, why do we even have Rh negative? Like, why is yeah. the human, why is there a subset of the population that misses the Rh? gene like no other primate on earth misses the art like they all are rh positive it's just that 20 of the humans happen to be missing this gene and it's bad news if you mate with an rh positive person your 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 body in the old bronze age world would just kill the child yeah um and so um i started going down the book of enoch and realized that oh maybe you know there's an ancient astronaut sort of Mm -hmm. um you know thing and exactly. i i think that this whole luciferian and the christianity is is basically if you put it together um you, you get a fuller picture And that real like like here would be the most ironic thing is that if it really is true that a fallen angel fell from the heavens in his spaceship came saw this like primitive like um homo erectus and then mixed with them genetically Uh, and re-engineered a new human and then called it Adam, right? And then it was Mm -hmm. from Adam's, you know, family line that spread out this super intelligent monkey that ended up taking over the planet. And if you look at that, you see, you see that there's, there's actually a lot of, um, of, of theology that's at its core, you know, believes this to be true. That's the reason why that there are those that worship the serpent, because, they're like, oh, we, we thank the serpent for giving us intellect, and we want to make sure that we stay as pure as possible in our bloodline so that we can maintain, you know, the, the brightest fire among the nations of the earth.
1: Never realizing and- that it's the serpent that was maybe hypnotizing them. <laughs>
2: hypnotizing them, whatever. Like I, I, you know, I don't necessarily believe, I mean, I've got friends that totally believe in all the spirits. I can't see any of the astral stuff. I don't have any experience with it. I don't see entities. Uh, Maybe one day will, I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but um, you know, I think that, you know, there, there may be a dark force. It may be our you know, maybe it's the serpent or maybe the serpent's good. I, I don't know. Right. All I know is that um, the the Christian Bible that I grew up with contains this Joseph bullshit from Genesis 47. They, they think that he's like one of the most anointed persons of God. And I look at that person. I'm like, that's a freaking Stalin right there. Like the most yeah. evil of the evil. Yeah. And, and so the I'll,
0: gods of the old Testament are all genocidal maniacs. They're, they're all genocidal maniacs. evil. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that's the, yeah. It's like, no. Well, those are clearly, to me, those are clearly, you know, negative VTs that played God and that were tyrannical maniacs, genocidal maniacs. And, um, and then you have Jesus of the New Testament, that's complete opposite of that. And the God he talks about to me is like source is like the actual, all, all encompassing God, you know, that is love, but um, it's not the God, <laughs> that it's not the same God. So I don't care how you want to spin it. I don't care what, you want to how you want to justify that it's just not you know um but the thing is is like yeah there's there's definitely an et there's definitely um a lot of like if you so essentially when you when you actually do your own research and look at all the evidence uh everything points to the fact that we're not alone in the universe there's Mm -hmm. there's life all over the freaking universe uh there's we are the product of that. Like, like, you know, there's people that say, oh, humans didn't originate here, we were brought here, or that, oh, there was like, there was organic primates that were here. And then they came and tampered with that and created us. Um, I think the truth is, is both maybe, but either way, like, if you can't think on a galactic level, like you're never going to know the truth, because to me, that is the truth. And then these elites are that, you know, they come from this very negative ET race, and that's why they're so negative because they have, and that's why they interbreed and keep it, keep the bloodlines pure because they, they, uh, they have diff, they're a different, um, they have different genetics than us. They're from a different ET, uh, line. So they, and that's what they believe gives them the divine right to rule. Like, oh, well,
1: they don't even see us because- and-
0: yeah, we you, come yeah. from the gods. To them, that's the only you know, and then we're just their property. We're, we're
1: useless with. eaters to them. Eugless yeah.
0: Eaters. Yeah. So that's and, and and they have like zero empathy. Just you know, I mean, they're they're basically all psychopaths with mm-hmm. zero empathy. So they don't even feel like they can do anything. They don't. They don't so even. We are the impure,
2: profane masses to them. Right. right? That, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: So. Why there's so and this is what like James Gilliland says all the time. Yeah, the reason there's so much inhumanity on the planet is because there's an in, there's inhumans,
1: non-human the interference. He says
0: non-human interference at the top of the. Well, of the here. you know
1: what's interesting too. You're were, you were talking about these people being Luciferians. This is one of the problems that I have with the mask is because in a satanic ritual, everyone wears a mask and they stand yeah. six six feet apart. So people are saying that like we're we are like complicit in a like worldwide ritual satanic ritual just by wearing a mask and doing the social distancing and we don't even know it but like that's like i think that might be more the reason to push the mask and than anything like what if they didn't want us to all like somehow be participating in this ritual like
0: yeah i don't it's know being you know being silenced also you know just i mean not, here's not being able to each other's faces
2: i mean look these people have a bronze age sort of view on Reality and they're still, and it's been so effective that they don't want to give up the winning horse. And you know, they think that they can just, I mean, you look at throughout history, and this has been played many times, right? The flu. Like, look, look at the old cartoons, like the like you know, it looks like a like a Disney cartoon almost, but I'm not sure if it is. But they had this style where they were it was made during the flu and it showed like and it was making fun that there was all this fear porn going on at the time. And, uh, and then you look at, uh, you know, the black plague and they had this long beak, you know, stuff with all these things. And it's just like, Oh, they're, they're doing this ritual. Why do they need to have that? Because that was the age of superstition. Um, and now we're in a post-rational age, you know, assisted and our minds are mediated by, you know, algorithms, like essentially Twitter is a giant cybernetic organism, you know, with the collective consciousness, and that consciousness woke up and of uh, social media and said, uh, "Oh, they're they're all liars and magicians and sorcerers, right? Like they're all liars, right?" And so, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're trying to play out the same script from the Bronze Age that's worked so well in the past. But the problem is, is that um, you know we see them for who they are. It's like the emperor that has no clothes. It's like, right. this This is worse yeah. than a bad movie plot. Like, come on, guys. Like, it is. We see all the plot holes. Well, I mean, so yeah. I, I, love how,
1: I love how we started off on World War III, and then we were reading Bible scripts, and now we're, you know. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> but if you're yeah. talking about the movie plots, go on Netflix, go on Prime, Hulu, wherever you want. Try and find a movie that doesn't portray a dystopian future, AI, transhumanism, Transhumanism yeah, so takeover. Like obviously, this is their agenda. It's so clear. They're trying to they're predictive programming, right? They're seeding that into our consciousness, so we like collectively create that and go along with it. It's no like you're not wrong, Zach, when you say like that's what they're trying to do. It's very clear, and we just have to, on some level, um, some level, be the best version of ourselves that we can be and combat it in any way we can. Uh, we can't just lay down and roll over. And, you know, I, I don't believe that. Like, if we do that, obviously they're going to, re- history is going to repeat itself and they're going to win again. But I think this time around, we have some sort of awakening happening that's causing mm-hmm. us to see them, like you said, see them for who they truly are. Yeah. And we're calling them out as soon as they're, we're calling the bullshit as soon as they play their cards, as soon as they play their cards. we
0: less out. and less to, to everything. Because that's been the whole game all along is to, there seems to be some kind of, law where they can't just come in because they otherwise they could have just come in and enslaved us a long time ago right Right. and done all this be done a long time ago well why haven't they done that well it's like they have to get our consent they have to trick us into giving away our free will and consenting to all these things and that makes it way more complicated so that's that's been the whole game all along and now what's happening with this awakening is we're starting to see the tricks things aren't adding up we're seeing it we're seeing the craziness and more and more people are waking up and, and saying like, wait, no, I'm not, not going to give away all my freedoms up. For- well, that's
1: why you have entire countries. Take- I'm not going to do this. Yeah. You have entire countries taking the streets and protesting. Exactly. I mean, it's I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know what the outcome of all this is going to be. I, I honestly don't. I'd like to think that, you know, the light wins and, and we finally evolve past this freaking cycle of bullshit that we've been in. Um It's really difficult to know what's going to take place and what it's going to look like and how long. But the good news is, is that we're seeing it and people are standing up now and they're not just blind to it. In the past, I think these cultures were so programmed that I don't even know if they understood that they were being played. Now we know. And then just awareness in itself. Once you're aware that you're being controlled, you can't be controlled. Obviously we're in a system where we have to comply if we want to do anything. So that's where they get us. They know that. And there's everybody has a breaking point and they know that. So we have to somehow find some common ground, somehow find a way to um, stand up to this stuff. I don't know what that looks like. And, you know, we'll, Oh, I guess only time will tell, but we can't just roll over, you know?
2: I, I know what the solution is, but I can't tell you guys on air what the solution is, but I'll tell you offline. Or you
1: can give me a call. <laughs> oh man, the, the listener is oh, going to hate you for that. I one. know, I know. Yeah. Sorry,
2: listener. You'll have to do your own research to figure the it out. The solution is going
1: to be to buy Zach's book.
2: Yeah, and read I, it, I, and you'll I, have all
1: the answers. Google read my book. For all so, the- actually, when was this book released? Uh, August. August. August on Amazon.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, uh, I I have not read it yet, but so this goes through. You explained it at the Again. beginning. Uh, it Goes through basically your whole story how you came out. And, yep. uh, and it's got color pictures
2: of what Google was up to. This is their um, Twitter uh, ingestion engine that was, uh, you know, sucking in Twitter's stuff in order for them to do trend analysis. Um, and this is right here. This is like how they rewrote their algorithms to literally target Trump and the Comey fight, right? They're like, oh, look at this Trump Comey fight. Let's figure out how we can change all our news so that we can deliver bad news to Trump. Um, uh, there's the, you know, Trump did the whole cafe thing. And then the New York Times was like, we don't like cafe, it's nonsense. And so then uh Google was like, Oh, let's get rid of the word, right? And so then yeah. they did right. And that's wow,
1: that's really interesting that you have all the actual screenshots on there. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That I mean, that's cool because like it gives a great visual so people can actually see, okay, this mm-hmm. is what they're doing. This isn't just Zach telling us this. It's- Oh no. yeah, it's, Not it's making
0: up the story, Yeah, like right. this actually all happened.
2: Here's yeah. an interesting one. They decided that they were going to blacklist um, the GOP train crash assassination attempt. Oh. That's, a, that's an interesting one to research. Right after the State of the Union, a bunch of Republicans got on a train. And as they were going that. to a retreat, the train ran into a garbage truck. Oh, what right? do you know? I, yeah, then, that's yeah. right.
0: What and a then, coincidence.
2: And then right at the same time, Google inserted the blacklisted term GOP train crash assassination attempt. Why? Exactly.
1: That's mm, interesting. And, you know, what's funny, somebody tried to share an uh, article or from a website, naturalhealthnews.com or something like that on Facebook, and Facebook said that uh, they won't recognize, they don't support any anything from that domain name, and they wouldn't allow him to post the article because it was from naturalhealthnews.com. It's so Facebook's doing the same thing now. Oh yeah, Facebook's doing yeah. the same
0: thing.
1: I mean, they probably have been for a while, but they have a blacklist also. You can't post certain articles from certain websites. They just have a block up.
2: Yeah. And and it's and yeah. the problem is, is that as they get more totalitarian, um, they demoralize their own employees. Like, and this is one of the things is that um you know, uh, the longer we keep this up, like, hey, Facebook, you're destroying. And now it's the left too, right? So the left is like, oh, I feel bad, right? And then the leftists in there, they're like, oh, we should be censoring more. And then the people that are, you know, more libertarian, liberal, they're like, no, we shouldn't be censoring these voices. And so what's happening is you're getting this friction that's happening and, and, you know, Facebook is losing the ability to innovate. And I think that coming back to this question about what exactly is meta, Um, I think that part of it is an operation for the employees themselves to give the employees a direction of and an excitement of we're going to change the world again. And we're going to have this new direction because if they don't have that, that, that tiki torch in front of them guiding the way of where Facebook is going to go, then really what they're doing is they're just kind of stagnating and they're going to move to other companies that because there's a supply shortage and good engineers are really hard to find. And the H-1Bs aren't really cutting it that well, right? There's something about the freedom uh, of America and our capitalist system that produces engineers that think outside the box a lot. And, um, and really, if, if Facebook keeps on being absolutely horrible, then they're going to go the way of the MySpace because their engineers are not going to want to work there. And they're going to need to pay all this money to keep them. And they're going to have all this censorship and they're going to have to have all the secrecy and the people like, look, when, when you're a secret company, it's like, oh, it's secret, you know, and they're also known as kind of an evil company. Then you get this like gross feeling when you're working, like, oh, I'm, I'm working for like this evil corporation. And, you know, who wants to get up early and go to work early for an evil corporation? Like, you know, it's like a, it's like an IBM job. Like you just walk in because, you know, it's a job and it pays well, but you're not enthusiastic. And, you know, how can you get your creative juices flowing? You're just going to, show up at work, pretend to work. And then, you know, when five o'clock comes around, you punch out and go home.
1: Yeah. You're just going through the yeah. motions, collecting a paycheck. And some people yeah. are going to stay for that paycheck, but some people like you yourself, you know, stand up and be like, no, I'm not, I don't stand for this. I'm not going to do this. That's right. And, um, and I'm
2: and I'm proud to be a demoralizing figure on these big tech oligarchies. They need, to be, <laughs> yeah. they need, they need to go the way of the MySpace, and they don't even have any hardware infrastructure. It's just software and the software sucks. And um and now it's all censored. So um people can just yeah, and people are leaving. They're leaving all the time because they hate Facebook, they hate Twitter. Um, Gab has got exponential growth. Um
0: Yeah, now we have all these alternative platforms yeah. popping up. It's gonna later. continue.
1: Yeah, they're gonna they're yeah. like they're gonna pop up everywhere. Yeah, they can they can censor us anywhere they want, but there's gonna be no shortage of alternative platforms coming, I don't think.
2: Oh yeah. And I know that there's going to be one that I can't tell you guys about, but it's coming. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to route around the censorship problem.
1: Nice. Nice. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, man, I guess we'll start wrapping this up. We covered all kinds of stuff. We were all over the place, but it was super interesting. It was great chatting with you. Um, Got into some controversial stuff. I know uh, stuff we don't typically talk about, but it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I love exploring it and, and coming at it from a different angle, you know, and uh, it's really great to have that type of conversation. So thanks for everything you do. You want to let people know where you can find find yourself?
2: Yeah, uh, check out my book at googleleaksbook.com. If you want to see all the leaks, I put it out at my website at zachvorhees.com. If you want to see my intel drops, then go ahead and follow me on twitter.com slash perpetualmaniac. Uh, again, that's twitter.com slash perpetualmaniac. Uh, that's my... Tag that I'm using all around the internet. Follow me there on Gab and Getter as well. Uh, my goal is to tell you guys the world the way that I see it uh, as objectionally as possible. Um, and uh, you may not like all the things that I say, but I am going to be honest and and I don't and and I'm just going to give it to you guys raw because I'm going to let you guys determine you know what it is that you know you want to see. So. Or that, that didn't come out right. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> right. You get what I'm
1: saying. The world yeah. as you sees it. Yeah. That's uh, what we we'll titled this episode. Zach Voorhees, yeah. the world as he sees it.
2: Yeah. yeah. The world <laughs> is, is, as I see it. So, um, yeah. So, Intel Drops, Twitter.com, slash Perpetual Maniac, Gab, Getter, same thing. ZachVorhees.com for my complete uh, Google Leaks, 950 pages. And GoogleLeaksBook.com to check out the first two chapters of my book. Check it out. You'll love it
1: right on man we'll have yeah, all basically. those links in the description for people who want to find them uh we'll make it easy for you uh, oh well thank if, you if you can send them yeah. if you want to send them over to me after this and i'll put them you in will. the description um yeah guys uh thank you for listening thanks for everything don't forget um Hopewell farm cbd if you're looking for a new cbd to try 10 percent off with promo code journey to truth 10 um it's amazing stuff they have a crypto payment option free shipping over any any free shipping for any purchase over $200 or more they offer discounts for veterans they're really awesome people um actually they they will be uh actually coming to our conference which is next may 2nd through the 5th if you guys are interested in coming to that the uh the link is below secretspaceconference.info tickets are on sale now and what else i guess that's it for right now um Thank you guys so much. Uh, Thanks, Zach, for doing this. Uh, We love all you guys. And until next time, have a great night.
0: All right. Thank you. Good night.